Thank you so much. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, JP, for filling in for Aaron. Appreciate that. Done a great job. I appreciate that so much. John Paul is kind of going with an itinerant music, going to different churches. He's writing music and trying to get it in Nashville. I told him he needs a little bit more country twang uh, to, to really get Nashville on his side. But you pray for him. What a great spiritual uh, warrior for the Lord. And I praise the Lord. His music is wonderful. Uh, turn, if you would, to Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'll try one more time to preach this message. The first time I did this morning, it was a flop. And then the second time was even worse, I think. But, but God didn't answer prayer. I, I, driving over to Mason Creek, I thought, Lord, this thing ended bad. And I got to have something to, uh, you know, to, to, to end this thing with. And Because I'm never going to be able to preach all of this today. You're going to have to come back next Sunday to hear the last part of it. But it was bad. And uh, God gave me a song. I'd rather have Jesus. I was going to sing that at the close of the sermon. And then uh, Brother West did music over at Mason Creek, and his special was, I'd rather have Jesus. So uh, I tried to get out of that as best I could, too. So I don't know what's going to happen this morning. But we'll see what happens. I'm glad you're here. I hope you're glad you're here when you leave here. Amen? Second Chronicles, chapter 20. It's right after Second Kings comes 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, beginning in verse 18. We'll look at uh, several chapters there, 17, 19, 8, and 20. But beginning in verse 18 of chapter 20, would you stand please in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon... And Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. Father, thank you this morning. Pray you'll hide me behind the cross. Let me preach with boldness what you laid upon my heart. I pray the words I say would be only what you once said. I pray the words that are listened to would be the ones that will speak to hearts and draw people to you. God, without you, we're nothing. So we, we just admit up front, Lord, if you don't come and visit this place, everything's in vain. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. 
uh, I think we all can conclude in reality that we were made to worship God. Uh, we were made to revere Him, to adore Him. Uh, it doesn't mean we always do it, but we were made to exalt Him and to praise Him and magnify Him, to lift Him up, because our God is worthy to be praised. It, there ought not to be any situation, zero, no situation in your life, wherever praise is pushed to the back and you don't praise the Lord. There should never be anything happening in your life that you don't praise the Lord. We ought to worship when we're threatened. We ought to worship when we're troubled. We ought to worship when people are talking about us. We ought to worship when we're all alone. We ought to worship with our windows open. We ought to let our hair down. We ought to expect something from God, not because of the particulars of our circumstances, but because of the greatness of the God that we serve. He is a holy God. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And in the reign of King Jehoshaphat, after Solomon uh, ruled, uh, the divided kingdoms came. Ten went north to Israel. Uh, two went south to, to uh, Judah. We realize that never was there a good king in all of Israel. Never. Not one. In Judah, there were some good ones. There were some bad ones. Jehoshaphat started out bad. The Bible says in, uh, in 2 Chronicles 17, uh, verse 3, Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David. He did not seek Baal. He was walking after the Lord. He was doing right. He was living right. He was reforming right. And then he made a union with Ahab, a union with wickedness. Listen, I, listen to me now. I don't care how much good you're doing. I don't care how right you are when you compromise and make a union with wickedness, with evil, goodness is going to cease and the wickedness is going to shine. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, God never intended for us to do right and then fellowship with those who do wrong. You say, no, wait a minute, preacher. I thought we were supposed to love everybody. We are. We're to love them. There are people, though, if they're not in in, in sync with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about just not speaking to them. I'm not talking about we need to love them. We need to speak with them. We need to tell them the gospel. But I'm talking about cuddling up with them, coddling up with them there. I'm talking about when you get to the place where you love the same things that they love. I want to tell you, they'll draw you down. They, you won't lift them up. They'll draw you down. Young people today, if you're looking to go with someone that's uh, uh, not saved, I'm going to tell you, forget about it. That's the number one litmus test on anybody that you go out with. I've heard all my life these girls say, well, I, I'm going to lead him to the Lord. No, you're not. He's going to lead you to hell what's going to happen to you. That's a destruction. Listen, that's the litmus test. Now you say, well, preacher, I'm already married. Well, then let's just pray that, that it does happen. It does happen sometimes. It does happen sometimes. But I want to tell you, he's telling us, I'm not talking about ministry or fellowship, evangelism, discipleship. I'm claiming and talking about those people that claim they love God, but you're just really comfortable with people who don't love God. Something's wrong in your walk. Jehoshaphat associated with the most wicked king in all of Israel. And God comes through for Jehoshaphat. He rebukes him and gives him another chance. Uh, in 2 Chronicles 19.2, Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly 
and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from uh, before the Lord. What he's saying is you better check your friends. You better check the register of who they are. You're hanging with people who are ungodly. You're loving on people who hate the Lord. I'm talking about those that are indulging in the same things that, that you're in. You see, when you come to Jesus, you not only love the things that Jesus loves, you ought to hate the things that Jesus hates. Mm. Verse 3, though, praise God of chapter 19, nevertheless, he said, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land and hast prepared thine heart to seek God. Now, I want to tell you, a good way to know if you're right with God is how you react when somebody reproves you. Somebody says, hey, you're going down the wrong road. You swell up. Uh, you're mad. You're not right with God. You ought to thank God somebody cares enough about you to point out when you're headed wrong. Because most of the time, we're, when we're on that wrong, on that road to wrong, we, we don't see it ourselves. Everybody else sees it, but we don't see it ourselves. Jehoshaphat is doing good. They're moving in the right direction at the end of chapter 19. But in chapter 20, this do-good king gets attacked. <laughs> Man, it's not, it's not 10 to 1. It's not 20 to 1. It's, it's probably 100 to 1. The Moabites, the Ammonites, the Saint, uh, uh, Mount Seir, they're all coming against you. Hmm. Well, I don't understand, Brother Charles. I, I went down to the altar. I settled my sin problem. I, I had a great time with the Lord. We fellowshiped together. Everybody was happy. We all shook hands and everything. It was just a glorious time in the Lord. And I got out to my car before I put the key in the ignition. It was like every demon and every devil from hell was jumping on my back. Welcome to Christianity. This old adage that I'm going to get saved and get right with God and no more troubles. Somebody sold you a bill of goods. Let me tell you, when you set your mind that you're going to live for God and you're going to love God, you can expect the attacks to come. They will come. They'll come. You want to do right? You want to be obedient? Get ready because the devil's coming after you. Now look in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 20. It said, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazan Tamar, which is in Gedai. You know, God is saying, hey, you were right. You responded in the right way. You're getting things in order. You're getting the kingdom in order there. You're trying to serve me. Here comes Moab. Here comes Ammon. Here comes all. In the midst of all your righteous living, here it comes. He's outnumbered. He's overwhelmed. There's insurmountable odds. He is insecure about all this. But I will tell you what I do not find anywhere in this Bible. I don't find a general meeting anywhere. I don't find them getting their resources together. I don't find them sharpening swords. I don't find them uh, 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 saying, let's get the bombs ready. Let's get the slingshots ready. Let's attack this. There's never a general mentioned. There's never soldiers mentioned. They're never getting human resources together. What I do find is a whole lot of worship going on. 
They're singing, they're praising, they're praying. It's a loud noise. They're lifting up to God. Let me tell you, Jehoshaphat's not faced with the decision of he's going to go to church or not. He's not faced with the decision of whether or not he's going to tithe or whether or not he's going to sing in the choir. He's faced with the decision that they want to wipe him out. They're going to destroy him. That's what they're coming to do. They don't like him. They're going to kill him. They're going to destroy him. Could I tell you the same thing's happening right now? Right now. Listen, some of y'all think this is a Sunday school picnic. It's not. We're in a war. This is a battle. It's a spiritual war. It's warfare. I'm going to presume and hope and pray that I'm talking to people who want to do right with God. I don't understand a child of God who never has a desire to do right. I don't understand that. I don't understand somebody going to heaven act like they're going to hell. I don't understand a child of God acting like they're still a child of Adam. I don't understand having God as a great master and yet acting like he's still serving Satan. I don't understand having freedom. In Christ we're free, but people living like they're still locked up. I'm confident this morning, if you're in this building and you've decided you're going to do right, you've decided you're going to live for God, that you're going to love him with all your heart, if you're not under attack, you're going to be under attack. It's going to come. There are families right now in this church that are under attack for no other reason except they just love the Lord. It's going on right now. We're, we're a family together. 2022 in America, a country that has embraced same-sex marriage, that has said okay to transgenderism, abortion. Woe unto them who call evil good and call good evil. We're in those days, folks. It's happening around. It's not going to. It's happening. And if you've set your mind to be pure and abstain from all appearance of evil and to flee fornication and to resist pornography, I want to tell you, you're going to be under attack. If you've set your mind in this place to be a godly family, to have a husband and a wife that's going to live faithfully together and serve him to love and to cherish until we're separated by death in sickness and in health. You mark it down, you're going to be under attack. It's a spiritual attack. Get your dukes ready. Get your armor ready. I said that this morning. I swore I heard guns clicking in here. Uh, There was some in that early service said, whoa, that's what we're talking about, preacher. Let's get to fighting. Let's get a war going. I want to kill somebody every day. Let's get a war going. No, that's not the kind of war I'm talking about. Amen? Listen, the greatest hindrance to spiritual warfare is worship. It's just praising the Lord. It's worship. Jehoshaphat, they're coming to destroy you, to wipe you out. The biggest battle that we face every day in our life is right here in our head. Boy, the devil, he is always on us, isn't he? Now, there's some of you who are really spiritual, and you don't fight that battle. The battle you fight is honesty. You're just not honest enough to know that you do fight the battle. That's what you fight. 
I'm telling you, we got the flesh inside of us, and if you think you don't, you're above that, you're just, you're just wrong. You're wrong. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not if we do. It's not when we do. It's not maybe we do. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, Ephesians 6, 12. Some of you are sitting on pews right now today that a year ago someone else sat on that pew with you. They're not here today because they went out into the battle unarmed. When you go out into the battle unarmed, you're going to end up being a casualty of war. You're not here. I'll go a step further. Some of you I'm looking at right now won't be here next year because you will not armor yourself. You will not arm yourself against the spiritual warfare and you're going to walk into the battle unarmed and you're going to become a casualty when you enter the battle. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Because you're given all the signs of defeat already. If you can't worship in the church house, how do you think you're going to worship out here in the world? I'm scared to lift my hand. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm sure out here in the world, though, you don't mind. Ah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No, keep that off. We'll, we'll lift our hand if it's for the Cowboys or for the Rangers or the Astros. You, you're giving all signs of defeat. If you, if you can't smile when the songs of Zion are being sung up here, how do you think you're going to smile out here when the 80s music's playing? You're not going to do that. You can't praise God with a bunch of saints who have been redeemed. You're not going to praise Him at the job. You're not going to lift up the name of Jesus. Listen, if you can't keep your eyes on God and off of lustful thoughts, I sure, when you're in the house of God, I sure don't want to take you to the mall. People come in wore out. I'm wore out. Well, you didn't get wore out serving God. How'd you get wore out? Listen, worship does not exhaust us. It exhorts us. When you get in worship and you forget about yourself and you begin to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, let me tell you, it'll lift you up. It'll pump you up. It's like King Jesus walking down that center aisle. Here he comes. Let's all huddle around. And then the Lord says, hey, you, you didn't follow through on your Bible reading this week. Now let's do better next week. Hey, you let the devil come in that back door over there, straighten that out. And you got everybody in the huddle, and then they all put our hands in there, you know, and whoo! Amen? That's how it ought to be. Let, let me tell you something. If you got somebody that looks like he's about half doped up and, and doesn't know what's going on in the huddle, we don't expect a whole lot of him in the game. <laughs> well... There's a consciousness of his dilemma here. He realizes, verse 3 of chapter 20, Jehoshaphat feared, set himself, number one, to seek the Lord, and then number two, to proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. 
And then Judah gathered themselves together to, number three, to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now, I love verse 5. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. You see, Jehoshaphat knew that he was over his head. He's not going to win this battle. Man, it's 100 to 1. He, there's no way he's going to win this battle. He couldn't be a big shot. He couldn't be a long ranger. He's not going to win in his own strength. You want to know why some of you are not winning the battle? Because you're trying to win it yourself. And you'll never win the battle against the devil with yourself. Just on the way over here, I was listening to music as I was coming over here. And this lady said, I, I, I just want to spit. I rolled down the window, just, you know, just spit. <laughs> Quoting scripture. Uh, resist the Lord, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's the scripture that was quoted on the way over here from a Christian station. That's the most ungodly part of scripture you could ever think of. That's not what that scripture says in the book of James. The book of James says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. We got folks all over, I'm trying to resist the devil. I'm, I'm fighting the devil. I'm working on the devil. You'll get work till you can't get up. You submit yourself to God and you let him take care of the devil. He understood. He couldn't do it. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, a lot of Christians think they're better Christians than they really are. <laughs> a lot of Christians think we're really better than what we really are. I hear, I worry when I hear people say, uh, I got this. Don't worry about me, I got this. I, so I think you're going down the wrong road. I think you're in the wrong relation. Oh no, oh no, I know what I'm doing, I've got this. I done prayed and God told me it's all right. God never goes against his word, by the way, if you want to back that up. You're, you're, you're about to, to fall. Oh, no, I'm not going to fall. The Bible says take heed. Get ready. I have never seen anyone in the Bible that, that sought after promotion. I'm not talking about a zeal. We ought to have a zeal to be ambitious. We ought to try to do our very best. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody that is obsessed with promotion, promotion, promotion. I'm trying to get to the top. I don't care who I knock down or who I run over. I want to get to the top. I have never seen anybody that, 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 that had that attitude that came out good. Never. Here's Jehoshaphat. Hey, I'm the king. I just got out of a situation of doing wrong. God told me I could keep going. He gave me some more time. God's man told me that I had some good in me. About that time, he's buttoning that top button. I got some good in me. I'm feeling good. I got a commendation over at the palace the other day from the prophet of God. Folks think I'm a pretty good king. I'm doing better than Ahab. I'm doing better than the other kings. It looks like I'm going to go down in history as being a pretty good Christian. Listen, when you start dialoguing in your head, you're in trouble. You start dialoguing in your head. I, I'm, I'm singing good songs. I preach good messages. Why, just last week, somebody got up and testified what a, what a great preacher I am. 
I mean, I'm a whole lot better than the last one y'all had. I didn't hear no amen, but I guess. <laughs> I sound like I'm pretty good. No, 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 no. Without me, you can do nothing. When you start putting in your mind, you know what, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm pretty good. No, somebody needs to worship today. Worship starts when you're saying, I'm humble before the Lord. I'm helpless before the Lord. I'm honest before the Lord. I'm heartfelt before the Lord. With all my education and intelligence and creativeness, without the Lord, I don't have a chance. And you don't either. You think, you think you're something today. Let me tell you what preachers do. Now, Brother Case don't do this. He's not old enough to do this yet. <laughs> we old preachers, we think in our mind of what we want people to say about us. That's a fine man of God. He loves his flock. I tell you, he's a fine pastor. You know, we think in our mind what we want everybody to say about us. You say, that's crazy. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just being honest with you. I fight that all the time. I don't want you saying bad things about me. There's enough bad without you having to say it. You, Jehoshaphat, you can't handle this. Let, let me tell you, the Christians who are winning the battle today, they're not the, they're not the uh, uh, strong ones. They're the ones who realize their shortcomings. The Christians who are winning the battle today, they're, they're not the smart Christians. They're the dumb ones who are relying on the stronghold of Jesus. The, the, the Christians who are winning today, they're the weak ones who depend on his strength. They're the natural ones who depend on the supernatural God. The best worshipers in the world are those who are desperate for God. See, when you're backed up against the corner, man, it seems like the Lord is sweeter and sweeter. When, when nobody else will talk to you, <laughs> it's pretty easy to talk to the Lord. Nobody else don't want to have anything to do with you. Desperation demands devotion. You see, I don't just need God when I'm in a hospital room. I don't just need God uh, when things are torn up, when relationships are going bad. I need God for my next breath. I need God to make sure I keep a roof over my head. When things are going well, I still need God. Jehoshaphat said, hey, God, I need you. I can't do it. I can't do it. Second thing here, though, quickly, he accepted God's provision. Look at, look at verse 6 of chapter 20. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, <laughs> I love this, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might? so that none is able to withstand thee. Hey, I ain't just talking to anybody. I'm talking to King of kings and Lord of lords. This is not an amateur. He's not the new kid on the block. He knows what he's doing. You know the greatest thing floating around today that's hindering us is fear. I mean, we've been scared to death over this pandemic and all this other stuff. Now we're scared to death over war. We've almost ruined our teenagers and our children. I mean, we're scared of our own shadow. Man, have mercy. 
kids are out playing outside and they're bebopping in the house and they done played with the dogs and everything and they're all smiling, cutting up. And Daddy said, hey, wipe that smile off your face. These are dark days. <laughs> Ain't nothing to be happy about. We're in a mess. America's in a mess. The world's in a mess. Wipe that smile off your face. Here we are. Did, did, you know, God showed me this morning, did, did you not wake up with a roof over your head? Did you not wake up with two 2019 vehicles in the garage? Yeah, but there's a scratch on my bumper. I've seen some cars floating around Longview didn't have a bumper on them. Yeah, I got that truck, but that battery went dead. There are a lot of folks just wish they had something had a battery in it to go dead. God said, are you not having steak with gravy today, tomato and okra, gumbo, fried uh, okra, buttered squash, purple hull peas, macaroni and cheese, and cornbread for lunch? That's what we're having over at my house. Amen? <laughs> yeah, but preacher, I'm worried about gas going up tomorrow. Don't worry about that. It went up today. <laughs> we're worried about all these things. We fear, fear, fear over and over again. Did you, you, you in this group in, in Mason Creek, you this month will end up uh, right now, even right now before today's over with, you've already given more than $215,000 to the bucket offering. You did that. Oh, these are dark days. No, man. It's a thrill to live for Jesus in these days. Hmm. You're living the dream of 98.6532% of the people in the world. You're living the dream of that. Let me ask you one question. I, I got to get out of here. When's the last time you woke up one morning and said, I sure wish I'd have been born somewhere else? Hmm? I sure wish I'd have been born somewhere else. Oh, listen, God's been good to us. You're in a battle. But let me tell you something about your battle. I don't care how big it is to you. It's small compared to our God. It, 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 your boss is getting on your nerve. Don't you think God can take care of your boss? Preacher, there are people trying to bring me down. Don't you think God can take care of those people? Hey, don't, don't spend time trying to retaliate or evaluate or to get back at somebody. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Just start acknowledging how great God is and start praising Him. His performance, look at verse 7. Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? You know what he's saying? I'm in a bind. I'm in over my head. But I remember my great, 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 great grandfather. He was over there in Egypt in slavery. And our God delivered them. Our God delivered them on dry ground through the Red Sea. He provided food. He provided water. He provided clothing. And they wandered in the wilderness 40 years because they were disobedient to God. 
But then God let them go into the promised land, and when they got in the promised land, there were people over there that were fighting them, and God let them win every victory over there except one when they got a, a sin in the camp. God took care of that. Then they got back on track again. Hey, if that doesn't do you any good today to remember what God did for the Israelites, how about just stopping and saying, remember the time when I got saved. Remember the day that I was headed for destruction. And the real truth is I deserve destruction. Not a one of us in here deserve what God has done for us. Remember that day. Remember that day when you were backed in the corner and God bailed you out. Remember that day when you were singing the midnight blues and God turned them around and made it sunshine. See, worship is not figuring out how God's going to solve your problem. Worship is just saying, God, you can solve my problem. And then just praise him. Check the record. How many times has the devil showed up, bailed you out over and over again? Well, folks, I want to tell you, the devil would love spiritually to keep you and kick you off of victory lane we sang victory in jesus just a little while ago he'd love to he'd love to have you defeated i i'll be honest with you i i, I know i'm getting old and cranky and not near as understanding but I will tell you one of the greatest things is trying to preach to people that have been defeated when they've got the truth right there with them. And most people today, how you doing? Oh, holding on. Man, let's charge hell with a water pistol. Let's don't hold on. Let's go forward. This world out here around us, they're not looking for a church that's holding on. They're looking for a church that's going to make a change, that's going to make a difference. They're looking for a church that's going to stand on the Word of God and by faith trust God. And that begins with your salvation. If you've never been saved, never had a time, preacher, I may have, I may not have, I'm not sure. Listen. If you may, may not, all that, you, you need to get that straight. You need to get that straight before you leave here. Because your whole eternity depends on that. And then if you have been saved, have you been scripturally baptized? You say, well, I've been baptized. No, I said scripturally. Scriptural baptism happens on this side of salvation. You say, well, I was baptized years ago. That's called taking a bath. When you get Jesus as your Savior, you baptize after that because that's a public proclamation that you're going to follow him. So if you say, well, my baptism is not like that, you ought to be the first one down the aisle. You'd be an encouragement for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, this is God's way. You decide if you want to do it God's way, you want to do it your way. But I want to tell you something. Listen to me. If old Jehoshaphat had the attitude of many of us in this room, he'd have got stomped. 
but he didn't. He said, God, I'm going to do it your way. Whatever you want, I'm going to do it your way. Father, thank you this morning for allowing us to gather in this place and worship you. I pray the blood of Jesus over this auditorium. I pray, Lord Jesus, that no one hears nothing except they hear it from you and the Holy Spirit. Lord, may this be a time we forget about ourselves and just let you work in our hearts and in our lives for the decisions that need to be made, salvation, church membership, just coming to this altar and praying. Lord, whatever needs to be made, I pray that people would not hesitate. They wouldn't give the devil a second second. But they would say, I'm going to do what God said do right now. In Jesus' name. Would you stand together as we begin this invitation? Don't hesitate. Do what God wants you to do right now. Come on.